Everyone outside is a cast. What? She's outside. What? You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm just in it. Just bam, what's up? <laughs> okay, but computer. what was what I don't miss is the scary phone call that I would ah. get that would be so loud from Skype. Mm. So mm-hmm. this is a much more peaceful transition into podcasting for me. I'm going to miss that ringtone, though. The ringtone was a, you know, it was a number one hit. <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> it was. It. <laughs> We've had good luck with this, though. I'm happy about that. Yeah, yeah. Knock on wood. This is going very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we uh, polled a few of our listeners in the Discord, and they said that the sound quality has been so much better since we moved over to Zencaster. So obligatory shout out to Zencaster. Sponsor us so we don't have to pay for your service. Uh, <laughs> I was not enjoying. aware we were paying for this service, so that's oh. good to know. Well, I was also paying for Skype, so it actually is just a lateral move in that regard. So it's See, fine. This is this is why I don't manage the money. Uh. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. I'm always like, Matt, just take expenses out of the Patreon. <laughs> I mean, I how much care. could a loaf of bread cost anyway? Ten dollars? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because we like historically, we do not touch our the Patreon either unless we have expenses. Like Matt That's and true. I do not just like take money from the Patreon. In case anyone's curious about that, we just kind of keep it as a little nest egg. So if we want to invest in some stickers, if we want to do something new, whatever it may be, like you know, order art, whatever. That's when we pull from it. But we usually just keep it there to take care of anything, you know podcast related so yeah. i i don't check on it yeah it goes right back in so we make yeah. sure to you know use it for the appropriate means we don't go and splurge it on like fur coats or anything like that so i didn't realize that was an option but if, I mean, it, if it becomes one uh <laughs> sure i'm game go ahead and get yourself something nice though yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> a little treat yes I yes it. So thank you guys for tuning in. This is Lex and Matt's Excellent Adventure. If this is your first episode, welcome. And thank you for finding us. What you're about to experience. This is your first episode. Oh, God. (laughs) What you're about to experience, hopefully, is an entertaining stream of consciousness conversation between two best friends, one in Chicago, one in Florida, somewhere down there in the mysterious state of Florida. America's dick. Yeah. Yeah. So we uh, we decided as a team, this episode was going to be Ezra free. So you're welcome. We're not going to be discussing the latest goings on of, of that uh, that monster. I just don't. Menace. I don't want to. I added it to the notes because I was like, all right, well, it's an Ezra story. We got to talk about. And then I just I was like earlier. I was like, can we not? And you were like, yeah, we don't have to. So I mean, no. really. There's no new updates on the Ezra situation anyway. So No, it's just that there was an article that was more insight into the insanity of that situation, I guess is the best way of putting it. Yes. And the less said about it this episode, <coughs> the better. So everybody, you deserve a break. We deserve a break. I'm sure there will be more to talk about in the future. But in the meantime, we're going to talk about some things that jumped out to us between last episode and this episode a few things that you may find interesting i've got a couple of games to talk about one of which may surprise you we've got various stories some could consider them wall of weird worthy we're going to let you decide what the weirdest story of all is this episode we're going to do something fun they're all weird stories but you get to decide folks which is the weirdest one which deserves to be pinned up on the cork board that we call the wall of weird. Yeah. It's been a weird week for stories. I've just noticed based off of the show notes. Yes, absolutely. A very weird week. Yeah. People went a little nutty this week. Um, (laughs) Something's in the water. I don't know. Something's got to be in the water. Even driving home today, I realized that, you know, folks just... (laughs) are a little unhinged as of late. I don't know. Maybe it's the impending doom of the holidays that are coming or just the, the fact that the weather is changing or do, something, man. I do don't the know. holidays make you feel impending doom? 
Yeah, some people, especially oh, because okay. this is going to be the first time a lot of folks have seen family members that they may not get along with for several years. So that break has been healthy, but that reunion <sighs> is not going to be healthy at all. Yeah, I think you and I have been um, more distant from family because of COVID situations and more safe about it than other people have. So I doubt there are very many people who haven't seen their families for that yeah, long. That's but true. I know you yeah. and I have been very, very careful with that. So I have people I haven't seen in years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have news on that front, actually. I actually went to uh, go celebrate my grandma's 91st birthday over the past weekend. So, you know, happy birthday, grandma. How'd you <laughs> feel about that? September <laughs> is a big month for birthdays in my family. So we all kind of just get together in September and, and you know, celebrate one another. Uh, it was an interesting situation. Uh, you know, your, your, your instinct is to hug people and kiss people and stuff like that. And just tell them how much you miss them and everything. But there was a little little moment of hesitation, not because, you know, there's any like, you know, angst between us or anything like that, but just, you know, we're not used to that type of greeting anymore. You know, it's been a while. So, yeah. Yeah, I, man, I still, I still get to that point where it's like, yeah, I'm vaccinated and everything now, but I'm like, I don't want COVID. Right. Oh, I should also mention I got the booster uh, over the weekend too. And I, I got to say a couple people reached out to me and said, oh, you know, I'm so glad you mentioned that on the last episode because it reminded me I got to get mine. So thanks. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> glad to We're be due a public to get ours as well. You know? I waited because last last weekend, like I said, we were going to Disney. We were like the only people wearing masks, of course. Of um, course. But we wore it throughout the park just to be safe, especially with my father. Like, And the nice part about Disney is it is outdoors. Mm-hmm. Like so much of it is outdoors. We still wore the masks outside and everything, yeah. though, just to really try to be safe. Um, <laughs> But like, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I just, I'm like, I don't want to get it. <laughs> I well, need let's to get talk the about booster, but I, even then I, I don't want to get it again. It, it hurts so bad. <laughs> oh yeah. Let's, let's parlay this into something a little bit more positive then. So um, it's interesting. You mentioned that you went to Disney. A couple of our listeners, <laughs> a few of our listeners actually went to Disney over the weekend as well. I guess this was the weekend. It's the beginning of the, the spooky season. For them. No, so they, they were the kinda... weekend before. And I know that because I had talked to them ah, beforehand because okay. we were like, oh, we're thinking about going soon. And then after they had gone, we looked at tickets and it was like the cheapest tickets will be for months. Mm. So we decided to go. Okay. Did you have a good time? Yeah, it was fun. Man, we got there early. We didn't mm. wait for anything. Wow. We ended up leaving at like four o'clock because we had okay. done everything in Magic Kingdom. Wow. Yeah, that's the one and only time I've ever heard a report like that. Congratulations. <laughs> well, this is the down season. Okay. Because most people are take their kids are going back to school and stuff like that. Um, and people show up a little bit later. We we noticed, so it was that combination of lower capacity, and yeah. So when I was a kid, if a Disney trip was in the works parents would pull their kids out of school to go. And I don't know if that's just a regional thing. I don't know if that's like, you know, if you're Mm-mm. not, if you're not from the area, that's how things go. But is it the same way in Florida? Like <laughs> Disney kind of like overrules everything else. Um, I mean, I don't know about that for Florida kids, but like up North, it was definitely like, you know, taking your kids out of school to go to Disney was very normal, but mm-hmm. that's, want you know one set of families and kids and stuff like that not a whole thank you not like a whole bunch of like people sorry kayla just came in real quick um i lost my train of thought my brain you're talking about how people would take their kids out of school up north to go to disney yeah so like you'd have to imagine everyone taking their kids out of school at the same time like summer is the peak and then there are certain parts in the winter and then people want to come around Christmas time and stuff like that when they get breaks in that time. Yeah. So that's when the tickets go up and the capacity is a lot higher. 
Um, September area is just August, September can be one of those times when it's not super busy. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And to bring it all the way back around to the pandemic and everything, I remember initially, like during the early stages of of, uh, quarantine and everything, some parents were upset and complaining about the fact that their vacation time was interrupted, that they couldn't pull their kids out of school because they had missed so much already during the early stages of this thing when we were still trying to get like, you know, the, the remote learning thing going. Yeah, when we had like a 9-11 everyday situation where that many people were dying every mm-hmm. single day mm-hmm. in this country. Okay. Yet people found a way to complain about not being able to take their kids to see someone, unfortunately, having to dress as the, a mouse during all of that. The only the only complaint I could have with that was if they actually weren't getting like refunds or rain checks on their tickets because that that shit is expensive. So yeah. that's the only complaint I could I could reasonably hear. Sure. But I mean, you got to chalk that up to a loss. Like if the alternative is, well, I'm just going to go anyway and enjoy myself. It's like, nah, man. <laughs> not, no, not, no, no, no. I understand that. that. Yeah. No, no, no. I totally understand that. But they, they like, I would, I would be outraged like for them if, you know, you save up for such a long time to take your kid to Disney and then this outside circumstance happens and they're like oh we're not giving refunds i'm not saying disney did that to my knowledge they didn't do that like no one did when the pandemic Mm -hmm. hit but (laughs) i could see them being outraged about that being like hey just give me like a pass for next i don't know they probably kept pushing it out but they're like next month or something (laughs) because remember who we thought it was only gonna be like two weeks or something like that Absolutely. Yeah. And I think oh, this is where a lot of us started to learn that the uh, the greater good of the population really wasn't the priority for as many people as we would have, ho- would have hoped, you know, because <laughs> it's like, oh, of no. course, everyone's going to mask up. Of course, everyone's going to do the right thing and, and social distance and follow the CDC guidelines. They're not going to make this We didn't political. even have the mask part in the beginning. It right. was like, don't buy masks because you're taking – they people were buying them from like – uh, you know, health ca- like healthcare outlets. The, yeah, exactly. We're keeping yeah. away from the healthcare providers and that sort of thing. And it was um, like they're not because, necessary. I think there was at one point they said they don't even work, and it was like, no, they do. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there was new information <sighs> every day, of course. But we've we've ruminated about that enough. Everybody, yeah, you know, you were there. You remember. So we're gonna we're gonna go from the strange to the weird, and we begin. With a headline, and this this is the only part of this article I wanted to mention, because okay. it's it's just a headline you don't expect to see. This comes from a, a website called Head Topics Canada, and this says Toronto boy arrested in connection with carjacking on Sesame Street. Yep. Where did they go wrong? Where did they go wrong? I mean, did they learn nothing? From did the Big Bird teach hours? you nothing, son? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Snuffleupagus is just ashamed right now. Okay. I don't know what to say about that. I also didn't know there was a Sesame Street in Toronto. I mean, there had to be a Sesame Street somewhere, right? And I'm sure there's guess, plenty of them now that you mention it, but I right. didn't know that was there. And that's very cute. You would hope at least on the real Sesame Streets that there wouldn't be any crime. Because no. that's just sad to have to report that sort of thing. The state of the world, you know, where even Sesame Street is filled with crime. Right, right, right. Okay. I hear some so, live in trash cans on that street. You know? That's true. Yeah. I mean, no one is safe from power. You know, it's just, it's a sad situation. It's a sad situation it's, everywhere. It's not good. It's not good. You know? And then they have the nerve to call him a grouch. We're just repeating a Dave Chappelle bit right now. So I'm going to stop. Uh yeah. <laughs> Our first story comes from The Guardian, and this is something I saw right after last week's episode. I'm like, holy shit, literally. Okay. From The Guardian, Spanish bishop who married erotica author is stripped of powers. The way that the headline makes it seem is that once he <laughs> fell in love with this succubus, 
all of a sudden his powers as a bishop just left. He has no more Jesus powers. <laughs> oh no, my bishop powers. <laughs> the body is too bootylicious. No. <laughs> Oh, it man. also makes it sound like she, like she might, like stripper, like she might have stripped the powers away from him because you hear erotica <laughs> and stripper. There was, some, there was some stripping involved. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, it goes on to say Xavier Novel Igoma was Spain's youngest bishop before abandoning clerical career to marry Sylvia Caballo. Good right. for him. Good for him. A Spanish bishop has been formally stripped of his powers and prohibited from administering the sacraments four months after he abandoned his clerical career to marry a, quote, dynamic and transgressive erotic novelist. So she was known in the community. Uh, Goma, who became Spain's youngest bishop at 41 when he was appointed to the Catalan municipality, of Solsona in 2010, I got ahead of myself and my tongue couldn't catch up, is reported to have backed and participated in so-called conversion therapies for gay people and has been criticized for supporting regional independence. But the bishop, now 52, wow, he was the youngest bishop, 52? (laughs) Found himself- Bishop at 52? <laughs> they're like, oh no, they're taking our children. Like, right. what? <laughs> he found himself under increased national scrutiny at the end of August when it emerged that he had resigned from his post on what he termed strictly personal grounds. It soon emerged that Novell had abandoned his vocation because he had fallen in love with Sylvia Caballo a clinical psychologist who became a novelist in 2015. At the time, the bishop apparently told his friends, I've fallen in love with a woman for the first time in my life, and I want to do things right. (laughs) Yeah, he did. I was going to (laughs) say, what kind of things, bishop? In a statement released on Saturday, the Spanish Episcopal Conference said Novell had automatically forfeited his powers. (laughs) After marrying Caballo in a civil ceremony last month. See, this immediately makes my mind go to that scene from like Superman 3 when he got in that like, you know, that chamber that stripped him of his powers and made him wear like really weird 80s style cardigans to show that he was just a wimp now. Yeah. Yeah. Was it the same one where he had this like the S from his chest that was like saran wrap? I don't know. They all run together, honestly. But they really yeah, do. they yeah. made some choices in those films. I mean, classics. Yes, they, they did. They made some choices. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, it says here that uh, the statement added that Novell was now forbidden under canon law from exercising any of the rights and duties inherent to the Episcopal office and where the other possible consequences could follow. All right. This is all interesting, but I want to get to the part where he was seduced by the erotic novelist. I mean, it sounds like that part already passed. I guess, man. <laughs> they should have spent more time on that part. All right. She's going to have a very saucy memoir. Oh, man. If not already. Caballo's no. publisher, Locker, describes the writer as a, din- as a dynamic and transgressive author who's made her mark on the thorny world of literature by turning all our moral and ethical questions upside down. Ooh, fitting. According to the... To the Lacquer website, her Amnesia trilogy is about the logical against the illogical, the rational against the irrational, good against evil, and madness against sanity. So it seems like she's pulling a lot from her life and pouring it back into the erotic fiction. So good on her. Congratulations to both of them. Or maybe she's taking the erotic fiction from her books and creating her reality. And to that I say, bravo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only the only downside of this story, honestly, is that he was one of those weirdos that was doing that conversion therapy business, you know? Yeah. And I hope yeah. those people that were affected by that practice have Egg had him. a chance no, to- No, sorry. Never mind. Oh, what? No, what? Hmm? what? <laughs> I was saying, I hope that they've had a chance to publicly point and laugh at this man for being such a fucking hypocrite. And- have had a chance to rediscover who they really are. So uh, love wins. 
hopefully for everyone in this scenario. He might just, uh, he might come around though. He might find his own little desires and happiness and go, oh, I was very wrong about this because mm-hmm. he clearly already stepped down. So who knows yeah. what else he'll learn about in life. No, he was stripped down, man. So like they told him. <laughs> but I mean, it sounds like he knew what he was doing. You know, he yeah. knew this was going to be the end game. Well, he didn't know what he was doing, but then he read a book and then he found <laughs> out what he should be doing. So, you know, reading is fundamental. Did you hear, by the way, and this this is apparently old news. This is This is... Uh, something that came up in an interview in 2009 and was reiterated in a recent interview from uh, Variety.com. Kanye West does not read. read. He does not read books. Wow. Really? In, in 2009, he said that, you know, he's not a book reader. And in a recent interview, he went on to say that he has never read a book even though his mother was a professor and he allegedly was a straight A student for a good chunk of his life, he claims that he never read a book. So I don't know if it's just revisionist history, but books make you gay though. I man, (laughs) is that what it is? (laughs) I just, I mean, I guess they, they, Oh man, I don't even know how to. I don't even know how to address that one, man. That is really funny, though. Like it seems like <laughs> I like that he's like he's not like oh no, I'm not a big reader or anything like that. He's like I've never read a book in my entire life. Yeah, yeah. He's all books are dumb, and people who read books are dumb. And I don't read books, so I'm smart, and you should follow me. Yeah. So this whole Yeezus thing, it brings it into question for me too, because he patterns himself a modern day, you know, he he likes to think of himself as a modern day Messiah and everything like that. He he references it frequently, but he's not read the works of any Messiahs previously. I'm sure there's a book on tape. Yeah. I mean, he, he didn't rule that out. He did not. He probably listens to Kirk Cameron. But you know what I love? (laughs) <laughs> it's actually just left behind, but he thinks it's the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> what, what if I, he what if he thinks the Bible is just the Nicolas Cage left behind movie? Oh my goodness. Yes. And he just watches that over and over. <laughs> like this is all I need right here. This is it. This is all I need. But what, yeah. I, what I love about when he makes statements like these, these big grandiose statements or these moves and everything like that, mm-hmm. not criticizing his his genius or, or any of his struggles, of course, or anything like that. What amuses me are the people on Twitter who try to defend these cases no matter what. So in this scenario, he goes on to say simply, I don't read books. There wasn't much more to it than that. He's like, I don't read. He goes, books Books are like Brussels sprouts, he said. You know, he mm-hmm. goes, it's just like, you know, trying to get kids to eat their vegetables, right? Seems real short-sighted, something that you wouldn't really want to subscribe to. But then people will come around, and I've seen this comment. People will say, oh, oh wait a minute now. See, what he's actually saying is, what he's saying is, is that you can get as much knowledge from spoken word, <laughs> from from you know, passing down yeah, knowledge, from right. philosophers, from generation to generation, from father to son, and so on and so forth, instead of just trusting what you right. say in the books. See, that's how things get mixed up. Nah, see, Kanye, he's playing 4D chess <laughs> over here. Y'all ain't listening. He's no, he's actually just he's actually just Tracy in that episode of 30 Rock where he's telling Liz Lemon he doesn't know how to read. So that he doesn't have to do something like, like it's yeah. Like if that was what he was saying, I'd be like, okay, fine. That's not what he's saying though. And also there's really no realistically, no need to, to bash him in any capacity because some people don't like to read. No. And, and that's fine. I, but- they consume their art in different ways. And I don't really see that as being a big deal. Hmm. I see it as a problem. I see it as minorly problematic in as much as when you become a figure of that stature that he is, and he knows he is, he knows how mm-hmm. influential he is. 
and you come out and you say, hey, kids, specifically saying something about kids comparing books to Brussels sprouts, it's like, that's a little bit short-sighted because everybody doesn't learn the same way, like you just said, right? So yeah, some people do learn well from the written word and actually finding what they need from books. A good number of people do. LeVar Burton will back you up. But fucking just to say books are trash and don't read, like, wow. <laughs> no, no, no. I definitely don't agree with, like, books are trash, don't read. But I do think, like, yeah, there there are different ways you can learn. There are different ways you can consume stories. And I, you know, even though I do definitely like, you know, to read and I, I like the encouragement of reading – I think it's, I'm just like, I, I don't know if I care that much what another person is doing in that way, you know? Right, right, like, right. I care that they have critical thought, though, which he doesn't have. <laughs> I can, You yeah. know what I mean? Like, reading can, can, you know, curate that. There's different ways to become a critical thinker. Reading is one of the best ways to become a critical thinker. And, and the fact that he is not one can make you go, well, damn, dude, read a book. Just try to. You know, it seems like such an easy answer. And like you said, I mean, there's no shame in books on tape. I mean, if that's what he's angling towards, we joked about it. But I mean, if he's more somebody that <clears throat> picks up stuff like that, no problem with that. No shame in that whatsoever. But just to oh, I do you know, that throw all the time. away. I like, I like audiobooks a lot. Yeah, same. But to, to yeah. just like laugh in the face of all the knowledge that's come before you because it's written on a page just seems so short-sighted, you know? And I mean, it does, it does feel like a, another fun little Kanye hijinks moment though. Right. You know, it's pretty funny. Yeah. And I, I know, you know, just to, to give a caveat to all of that, there's, (laughs) I understand that there are certain societies that do have a tradition of sharing stories uh, via spoken word, uh, you know, from generation to generation. And that does work for a lot of folks. But, you know, and, and especially considering how the truth is such a flexible term these days when it comes to things right. like, you know, where we stand as a country and that sort of thing. That's more what I'm thinking about. It's like you need to educate yourself right. in every way possible. There's there's no there's no shortage of resources that are available so yeah, and to, somebody to use more than just one, right? And to flat out deny an entire medium for that is is definitely a choice. Yeah, you know? right, right. That's it's a like choice. when Roger Ebert <laughs> said that video games can't be considered art. Yeah, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> what do you want to hit next? Okay. Um, I mean, the next thing we have on here is the GTA six leak, which we okay. need to address. Right. Yeah. So this because is still being untangled. That's pretty incredible. It is incredible. So this is still being untangled and there are many conversations happening about it right now, but we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, so just the overarching thing right now is that, uh, Grand Theft Auto six has long been in development. Rockstar is famously tight-lipped about any projects that they have coming out, even if it's something as obvious as the sixth installment of the best-selling series of of gaming of all time, you know. Uh, I mean, five is still selling on, what, three generations later? Exactly. You know, by by some metrics, it is the best-selling video game of all time. If you count every single remaster, redo that they've done, if you add them all what, up, it's it's the best-selling game of all time. What would be the other one, like, if you didn't count those? I don't know. I'm thinking like a Mario Probably World Duck or Hunt. something like that. Maybe, oh, yeah. you know, like a pack-in game. Yeah. Maybe Tetris. Yeah. Something of, of, that, yeah. of that nature. But, yeah. It's, that makes sense. Of course. I'm going to Google it. Of course. Yes, please do. But of course, Grand Theft Auto 6 is going to happen. It's just a matter of when. People have been begging for information for years and years and years, uh, basically ever since Grand Theft Auto 5 was released. So to know that it's real and to know that it is uh, as far along as we saw in this leak, it's uh, an interesting time 
um, you know, because they they could have gone one way and just not said anything about it at all. But Rockstar actually put out a statement about it, basically decrying that this was an illegal move, that whoever went ahead and put this information out there did so without their consent. And they are getting the FBI involved in tracking down the leaker. So Dang. there's a lot okay. of conversation going on about the the ethical, uh, you know, quality of what happened here, the ethical nature of what what's at stake here. So you, you sound like you found the answer to the other question. Though. Yes. And I'm going to okay. I'm going to tell you two and three to give you an, like an idea of what one could be. Mm-hmm. Number three is Tetris. Oh, okay. number two is GTA five. What would you think uh, number one is? Okay. Again, it, it depends on the metric. If they're counting, why don't like you? The- yeah, I'm just on the Wikipedia for the baseline one, right? So, like the best list of best-selling video games of all time. Why don't you make a guess, and I'll tell you if the actual number one is newer or older than that one. Okay. Super Mario Three. Newer. Super Mario World. Newer. Damn. Um, it's not Red meaning Dead it's newer than those games. Okay, it's not Red Dead Redemption. Yes. Really, it's not. Oh no, <laughs> it's not. Okay, I give up. What is it? It's Minecraft. Minecraft. Oh boy, I, uh, you know what? Minecraft by a that. huge, huge margin. See, but I thought Minecraft was free to play and you just paid for like the servers and the RAM and all that stuff. No, I- Minecraft is the best-selling video game of all time. It is 238 million in sales. Wow. Okay. GTA okay. 5 is 169 million in sales. Holy beans. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but uh, it- Minecraft is the best-selling video game of all time. It's interesting to consider that Minecraft started from such a small team of people headed by uh, Mojang. And I mean, they're just, they raked in that dough and they got the hell out of there. They sold it to Microsoft and they just vamoosed. That's it. Mm-hmm. And it also, on. Wii Sports was number four. Wow. Wii Sports, yeah. man. Yeah, that was a, that was a time. That was a time in our society that everybody was playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. All right. So, I'm what do you see if there are any other surprising ones on this just initial list? Okay, I'll read the I'll read the statement from Rockstar. Yeah. Um, this is from Go their Twitter it. account. They put that out. They put this out yesterday. It says we recently suffered a network intrusion in which an unauthorized third party illegally accessed and downloaded confidential information from our systems, including early development footage for the next Grand Theft Auto. At this time, we do not anticipate any disruption to our live game service, nor any long-term effect on the development of our ongoing projects. Yeah, so they're very upset about this. Um, News outlets have said they're getting the FBI involved. What's interesting is the various ways that the story is being covered by the gaming sites. So you have Kotaku, which... I mean, they they have a very just Wild West theme about gaming and technology and stuff like that. So when they got a hold of it, they basically put out two or three articles breaking down every single aspect of the leak, the characters, Mm -hmm. the settings, what we can learn from it, spoilers that may come from the code later. I mean, it was exhaustive where you go to Polygon, which is more of a, a lawful good type of website they try to be as ethical as possible in their coverage and you know give a fair Mm -hmm. shake to everything and everyone uh to varying degrees of success they ask the question is this something that we really should be covering you know they they put that to the the audience so i ask you is this something that you feel like now that it's out in the open should it be covered by gaming journalists I mean, I don't I don't know if I have a strong opinion about this one way or another other than I feel for the art like the artists who were involved in making this and how their stuff has been stolen and put out into the world without their consent. That sucks. <laughs> that said, mm-hmm. 
I don't think there's any harm in like sharing some screenshots now at this point. Like, I don't think you're an unethical person for that, you know, or looking at it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if they should be reporting on it on the level that they have been like, like speculating on the stories that sucks. Like the storylines meaning like in, in the video game based on that code that sucks. But I will say that I saw some of the footage on Twitter and it looked so realistic. It was scary. Right, right, right. And like, right. that's not even the finished version of it. Like, so I guess some people were kind of bashing it. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? It looks incredible. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's just such an early version of what we're going to get as the finished, as the finished product. And it Rockstar looks has a insane. Track record. It does. Like, and Rockstar has a track record of putting out fantastic visuals. I mean, look at Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm-hmm. And- the, just the, looking at the clouds in the sky in that game, which they borrowed from that game to put in, you know, this tech demo that leaked out. And it's like, you can't look at that and say, oh, yeah, it's trash. It's like it's using assets from everything they've done so far that they're cleaning up to meet the standards of these character designs. So shut the fuck up. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to the game when it comes. Are, are they thinking at some point next year? They haven't said they haven't given okay. an official word on the release date. And even though the statement said that this isn't going to affect development at all, I imagine that there's going to be some internal conversation about whether they should, you know, kind of try to speed things up a little bit now that folks know some of the stuff they got going on, or if it's going to cause them to go back to the drawing board and say, well, now that you know what we got going on over here, we don't want you to, you know, be spoiled. So we got to rework the whole thing. I hope it's not that because that to me would be really wasteful. That'd be tragic. Um, and so many just, people worked just on Just release this. it yeah. as you wanted originally it to be. Don't worry about you need to surprise them with this and that. The people who want that surprise, they just won't read about it. You know? Yeah. I didn't exactly. read into the storyline. I just wanted to see a little bit of footage from it. Mm-hmm. And it was fun. I still want to see more. So hopefully we get more soon. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they should release some amazing planned footage soon. Yeah, now see, that would be a nice caveat, but, you know, it's still forcing their hand. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah, true. What's interesting, too, is today, and this is a series I really haven't messed around with much, but it's a beloved series. Uh, apparently, some Diablo 4 uh, footage leaked as well. And this is another highly anticipated game uh, it's it's one of those uh, Blizzard Activision games that are kept under lock and key. And they said over 40 minutes of gameplay leaked online. I haven't had a chance to look at that at all yet. You know, I, I, honestly, I haven't looked at it. I don't play those games, so I don't know anything about it. But I, yeah, there are like hardcore fans of that that are very excited for it. So, yeah, they seem kind of over overwhelming to me because I'm not a traditionally uh, a PC gamer. And that isometric view and everything like that, I see that and I'm like, oh shit, this looks like work. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a, not a fan. Aren't they also <laughs> supposed to be really difficult? Oh yeah, yeah, and that's part of the appeal. I mean, not not like oh. Demon Souls level difficult, but pretty difficult to master. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just like, mm, no, I want my games to be pretty easy, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I want to not have to think that hard about it. You know, you want to relax. You want to enjoy your time when you game. I understand. Different people game differently. And, you know, sometimes I like a challenge. Sometimes I like to just kick back and sort some blocks. But my idea of a challenge is not the same as other gamers. Like, I'm I'm much more on the easy challenges side of gaming. For instance... Um, just making sure that it's mm, normal. (laughs) So like a challenging game for me at times can be like when you're trying to have, get through a difficult level of like the last of us or something like that. Okay. Um, or the last of us Two, whatever, like just thinking of something like that off the top of my head. Um, there have been some levels where I've played halo with, Bradley and we've had a tough time getting through them, but it's never so frustrating that I don't want to play it. 
And that's Mm -hmm. where you're just doing it so many times that it feels impossible. That's when I don't like it. When I'm like, I am so done with this game, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I I get stubborn. That's why I've never tried Cuphead. I've heard Cuphead is too difficult. Yeah. Cuphead is one of the most difficult games I've ever played. And And I will. It it looks so cute. I want to play it. Everything about it it. is is like something I really want to play. But I, I know I will not enjoy it because of that. Now, I'm with you. Normally, I want to have an experience. I want to see a story. I want to have a little bit of a challenge. I want it to kind of even out. But every Mm -hmm. now and then, I get a desire to just really dig into a game and try to master it. So I Mm -hmm. I got, I I think I mentioned this on the show a while ago, but when the PS5 first came out, I I won Demon's Souls from uh, Burger King in a giveaway they were doing. Mm -hmm. And those games are famously the most difficult games ever created. And Mm -hmm. I actually got all the way to the end because I just wanted to see what would happen. I wanted to just like, you know, First of all, it was like a middle finger to Burger King. Like, ha I got something free from you. But most of yeah. all, I just wanted to in see your, like- In your what, battle against the king. Right. I wanted to see what all the fuss was about. Um, with Cuphead, same. I think it is a gorgeously animated game. And from start to finish, it absolutely was. But that game, fuck that game. All right? I took months <laughs> off of that game because I was just pissed off. I've never thrown a controller before. But that game made me want to throw a controller more than anything I've ever played, even Demon Souls. <laughs> yeah, and I just, I just want like an easy mode of that so that I can enjoy how beautiful the game is. But that's not what they're selling, so right. I'm not buying it. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, you're a much better exactly. gamer than me, so knowing that you're like, fuck this, I'm like, uh, no, I'm out. I'm out. I'm not doing it. I'm just a different kind of gamer than you because there's certain things that you do that I don't have the patience for stuff like animal crossing. Like I wanted to get into that, but I suck at the patience that it takes to actually get into that game, the community building, the uh, you know, the design, all of that stuff. It's just foreign to me and I I see the appeal, but I just can't commit to it. Yeah. And I commit and, and like with any video game, I commit to it for a little while and then I take time off and then I usually go back to it kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. I go through phases with gaming where I'm really into it. And then I'm like, eh, no, not for a little while. I think that's the most healthy way to do it. To be honest, you know, um, like I have different games that scratch different itches and stuff like that. And I, I try to pace myself when it comes to that sort of thing. Uh, I have a cautionary tale to share with you. Uh, we might as well go ahead and talk about that aspect now. Um, I played Trover uh, Saves the Universe. Have you ever heard of this? No. Okay. I'm going to do my best to explain what it is. So first off, it was created by Justin Roiland, the guy that does Rick and Morty, right? Um, Already off to a negative one for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I knew you were going to check out after that. But this was a game that was developed to uh, work with VR headsets, but also to work without Negative them. Negative five, so continue. The, <laughs> the most unique thing about this game, and it, it does a lot of things that are super creative. Um, the most unique thing about this game is it's it can almost be described as a, a being controlled in the second person. So you play a character called the Cherorpion, who basically sits in a chair and holds a controller. And this dude, Trover, comes up to you and says, okay, you get to control everything I do. Um, So if you want me to move around, just move the joystick and make me jump and and I'll hit people, whatever. And that seems like a cop-out to try to explain how, you know, to train somebody to play the game. However, the fact that you're just like in this chair and he's moving around comes into play so much in the game. You can't move until he gets to a teleportation spot and calls you over, right? So he's still very much his own independent being in this game. And you're just kind of like trying to goad him into doing stuff with the controller uh, to, to, to complete different tasks. It's 
incredibly difficult to explain and it only gets weirder when did you get vr i'm sorry i just was trying to remember how long have you had vr i've had vr for a long time but i i did not play this game with the headset because i wanted to get through it you know and using the vr headset i get motion sickness if i play it for like more than a half hour so i decided it freaks me out it really freaks me out i can't do it yeah i know a lot of people that feel that way but I, I I figured I wanted to get through what I wanted to get through this story. It's vulgar. It's dirty. It's nasty. It's everything <laughs> you would expect out of a Justin Roiland project. <laughs> Aliens. They talk about butts and all kind of reproductive stuff. It's just like naughty, to say the least. <laughs> and I'm surprised the game got made. And I'm surprised it was so re- well reviewed. But I get it. Like I said, some of the mechanics in this thing, incredible. You'd never believe the stuff that they actually accomplish in this game. But it is dirty as fuck. It's an adult swim type game from top to bottom. Interesting. I can't can't recommend it to you. But for people that like Rick and Morty and want a challenge, I say give it a shot. It's like it was 30 bucks new. It's called Trover versus, uh, sorry, Trover saves the universe. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, that was uh, that was the game that I wanted to talk about this week. I also played uh, <laughs> Biomutant from uh, THQ Nordic. I just I just dug into this one, so I'm still kind of like developing my feelings about it. But you're a woodland creature that is basically a rocket raccoon, and uh-huh. you're going through a a third person type adventure, and. <laughs> You get all kind of cool weapons and abilities and stuff like that. And that's called Biomutant, like I that said. That sounds cute. THQ. They gave us a review copy. I think I remember. I think I remember how do you, what is it again? Biomutant? Bio, Biomutant. I think, right. oh, yeah, I remember this game. I remember when they were promoting this one, and it looked really cool. It It is really cool. It it is very reminiscent of uh, another game that I'm really into called uh, Little Nightmares. It's kind of got that same mm-hmm. vibe to it. But it also feels like Secret of Nim, that old Don Bluth movie from back in the day. Oh, yeah. And the character design is deep, too. You get so many choices. You can look like a squirrel, a raccoon, a rabbit, whatever you want. It's all there for you. I'm not being dismissive. It's a lot. There's so much to do. I think I spent like 10 minutes on the character design screen alone. So that's why I will report back once I form more of an opinion on this. But so far, it's Yeah, fine. let me know because I'm very curious about that one. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get back into the weirdness. Okay. So. Oh, you sent me this article. And I was like, I literally already have this in our notes. Don't worry about it. I've already got it. (laughs) Some of you may have seen it, but it's really about the headline. The headline is a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Beyond Meat COO is arrested for biting a man's nose near Razorback Stadium. The story comes out of Arkansas. A food company executive was arrested on pair, a pair of charges after reportedly biting a man's nose in a parking garage in Fayetteville on Saturday night. This uh, guy who did this is Doug Ramsey. He was arrested on charges of terroristic threatening and third-degree battery. Holy shit. Um, it happened near Razorback Stadium following Arkansas's victory over Missouri State. Um... They officers responded to two males with bloody faces at the scene. Wow. Yeah. So the officer spoke with both parties and a witness and determined that Ramsey was allegedly in a traffic lane of the structure attempting to leave when a Subaru inched his way in front of Ramsey's Bronco, making contact with the front passenger's side tire. Ramsey got out of his vehicle and allegedly punched through the back windshield of the Subaru. Wow. 
The owner of the Subaru then got out and stated that Ramsey pulled him in close and punched his body. Ramsey also bit the owner's nose, ripping the flesh off of the tip of his nose. So Ramsey, Ramsey was also threatened it. to kill him. So, yeah. yeah. Just, Holy shit. Yeah. So this is not a good look for Beyond Meat, right? Right off the bat. This is this is your COO. And he's going this fucking ham because somebody tapped his car. Holy shit. Yeah. And I, I, I don't understand this. And what's really weird too, is that this guy had like, he was involved with Tyson foods, poultry business previously. Yeah. Um, and then McDonald's as well. And that's like, but he's also beyond, um, beyond meat. Uh, the COO of Beyond Meat, which it's like, this guy stands for nothing. He's just making money and out of his fucking mind, apparently. Man, so he used to be all about the meat. Meat was in his yeah. blood. And then he's like, no, fuck that. I'm going Beyond Meat. And now he's getting beef with somebody at a Razorbacks <laughs> game? I don't... Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow, holy shit. So Mm-mm. that was, I mean, just the fact that he's involved with the Beyond Meat, which is don't, you know not eating meat and also biting off the nose of someone. Not a great look for that, that uh, company right now. Also the threat and the, the threat of murder. Not, I know no. that's far. I, I mean, I, I don't know if it's far worse. Both are terrible. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all up for debate <laughs> because these things have not happened simultaneously. I would imagine in the history of mankind. <laughs> No. <laughs> the history of humankind never has the COO of a fake meat company bitten a chunk of meat off a dude's nose and threatened to kill him. I Truly, we are living in a Mad Libs society. All of this is just a bunch of random randomness that's like thrown together. Yep. Every week we report on these with the wall of weird and every week I'm like, what is what is life? This is weird. Look at us. All right. Home stretch. We got two more to go. And then we're going to leave it to the listeners to vote. Yeah. Let us know what your your pick for Wall of Weird of the Week is. That was a little mouthful. That's right. Okay. This one, this one tickled me. And I can say without hesitation that this was a legitimately funny story. And I can tell you why. No one was hurt. Um, this comes from usatoday.com food delivery robot rolls through LA crime scene in viral video as confused cops look on. (laughs) There's a video. We'll post the link to it in the discord. The story goes on to say, when you've got a job to do, you've got a job to do. At least that's the work ethic of a food delivery robot named Connie, whose indifferent actions went viral this week after she rolled through a Los Angeles crime scene. The video shared across multiple social media platforms shows Connie driving down a sidewalk Tuesday (laughs) to stop at an intersection before the crime scene. (laughs) People who appear to be TV cameramen in the video watch as the robot pauses before the yellow crime scene tape, apparently calculating its next move. After a few seconds, one of the camera people lifts the tape and the robot proceeds onto its path. I as love robot, this. This is so as funny. This is the group of uniformed police officers at the scene. Some of the cops turn around, apparently perplexed, as they watch it roll by. <sighs> the crime scene stemmed from an active shooter call at Hollywood oh, High School. Now, remember what I said. I know, but I didn't realize that was the crime scene portion. <laughs> right. Just before 9.45 a.m., the Los Angeles Police Department responded to the school for reporter shots fired. In the end, the school district superintendent, Alberto M. Carvalho, said the LAPD determined the call was a hoax. And Connie, well, thank God that was a hoax. Who the video shows continued along her route, does not appear to have been charged with interfering with police. But when I love I that she was saw, just out like trying to deliver a burrito or something and like went through an active crime scene. I imagine, okay, first of all, when I heard about this, the first thought that popped into my head, thankfully no one was hurt. The first thought that popped into my head was, holy shit, this robot rolled through a crime scene, probably leaving a trail of bloody tire tracks behind it. 
Oh like, yeah. No Secondly, my mind went to, okay, if this was a hoax, the whole like active shooter situation, what if this whole like robot lunch order was part of the hoax? It could be. It absolutely could be, but how do you do that without implicating yourself? Like, that seems very tricky. Oh, they're going to find out who did it. I mean, you don't just fucking do that and get away with it. You know, they're, they're going to, they're going to find that person who's, who wasted their time, you know? Oh boy. Okay. So the little robot that could trying to deliver that little burrito. That was fantastic. Definitely post the video because it's worth watching. I didn't even have the, the audio one. I just watched the little robot go through and it was amazing. And the confusion of the cameraman who just lifted up the tape. Like, what were you thinking, dude? It's just like, oh, here you go, little buddy. Like, what? No. <laughs> I think he, I really think he was just like, I guess I should lift this now. Like, <laughs> like he, his, like his entire reaction was like, I guess this is what I do for this. I don't know. He's one of those people where it's like, all right, when the singularity happens, I want them to remember I'm one of the good ones and spare my life. Right. So, yeah, no, let me help a roll it out. <laughs> You know what? He's thinking about the future. Good for him. All right. Last but not least, this comes, this is, this is some dire shit. This comes from <laughs> nextbest.media. It says that Ford makes an app for pedestrians and cyclists to use. So it's vehicles don't run them over. What? So, you know, there's with these self-driving automobiles, there's a small percentage of them that tend to, hit actual people sometimes by mistake, just a small percentage of them do it, but it's yeah. enough, you know, one is enough, but it happens enough that people talk about it and they don't trust these things fully. Well, now apparently Ford wants to put the responsibility on you. There's an app for that. <laughs> Rather no. than use their eyes, like most drivers, the article says, Owners of Ford vehicles might soon be able to use their phones instead to avoid running people over. The motoring giant says it's developing a new smartphone-based communications technology which can help warn drivers of pedestrians, cyclists, and more. And perhaps, more egregiously, the onus will be on pedestrians to install it. <laughs> like, no. No. What? What the fuck? Like, absolutely not. Nope. Because, you know, the first thing they're going to do is, well, you know, if this person had downloaded the Ford app, they'd still be okay. They'd have been fine. It's their own fault for not downloading the app. It's for your own safety. No. No. Nope. Oh, my God. I can't believe I can't believe this is reality. That's some that we're like. <sighs> This is the darkest timeline. We can't fix the car. We can't trust people to actually drive their own cars and look out for pedestrians. So we're going to strongly encourage you to download this app so you don't die. And if you don't, well, we tried to warn you, obviously. So it's kind of your fault, right? I mean, come on. There's no way that that can cover them legally, right? Like, I mean, Ford's a big is company. They? they got a lot of lawyers. Who am I? You know, I'm just some guy that got hit. If by they a Ford go, we came out with this app, and if you didn't download it, but you never signed anything. So if they do hit you, you can still sue. I mean, can I though? It's Ford. You know, have you driven a Ford lately? I haven't. No, no, I okay. haven't. But, <laughs> but like, if you if you get the the app and then you just you know click on the user agreement, whatever. Oh, but people who buy the cars, if they're just clicking on the user agreement, <laughs> they're not actually reading it. That might say Ford is not responsible for this. If someone gets hit, it's on you because you didn't what use if, the app right. Or something. What if it's like the T-Mobile Tuesday app where you get like a free donut on Tuesday or free coffee from Dunkin' Donuts and it has that long ass EULA and user license agreement. Yeah. Um, that you just scroll through. Mm -hmm. You don't even look at and baked in there baked in the ford app that gives you the free coffee it says mm -hmm. by clicking this you give away all rights to sue us if you get hit by one of our vehicles yeah drive technology. yeah absolutely but you're like i want that donut <laughs>
Mm, gotta get that donut. You gotta get that free two piece from Popeyes on special occasions. Yeah, you need that free dollar donut. I don't think it's that cheap, but it's still pretty freaking cheap. It's pretty cheap. It's not How what much you can like. a donut cost, Matthew. Yeah, $10? exactly. But you know what? I got that T-Mobile Tuesday app, so I can't trip. They got me. They got me, Lex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I didn't even know that was a thing yeah, until so you brought it up. You're, you're, you're AT&T, right? The Verizon. Verizon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah T-Mobile has a thing. It's T-Mobile Tuesday <laughs> through their app. And every Tuesday, they give you something. And it's it's shitty. It's bad. Like every yeah. Tuesday, it's never something where it's like, well, shit, I got to get my ass down to the T-Mobile store and get this. It's either like a beer koozie, a hat, maybe a T-shirt, or from one of their partners, you get a free donut, you get a free cup of coffee or like a free biscuit from Popeye's, you know, sometimes. So not, have you ever had anything that you thought was like good from it? Absolutely not. Like they used to give discounts yeah. on on gas, but they stopped doing that obviously because shit got expensive. Um, yeah, but no, I've now never that would have been nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So yeah, that's uh, that's all the weird news we got, folks. We we pretty much cleaned house for you this episode. I f- I feel like my favorite was the robot, but that's because I got to enjoy watching this little robot go through. I, I really right. have to emphasize everyone, <laughs> you need to look this up. It's quite delightful. <laughs> it would not have been delightful if someone had died and he was rolling through the blood like Matt was talking about, but that didn't happen. So Right, right. I don't know. I almost want to give it to the bishop with the uh, satanic erotica wifey. I almost want to give it to that one. You know, the reverse yeah. baptism. <laughs> <laughs> Not a reverse baptism. Oh, my God. Shoot. Got unsaved. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> no, he was saved from whatever the hell he was doing, man. Trying to tell people they Speaking can't. Speaking of unsaved, are. real quick, Constantine mm. 2? That's why. Hey, that got announced. Yeah. That's crazy. It is crazy because everybody pretty much universally panned it when it came out, when the first movie was released, it was just, you know, it was during that period where everybody was, you know, it was, it was the cool thing to do to bad mouth, um, our Mm -hmm. guy Keanu Reeves. And Mm -hmm. then he had, you know, the resurgence of the career, of course, with John Wick and well, even going back further than that matrix, of course, but people started to respect him again and then he did Constantine and they were like, oh, shit, no, no, we don't like this at all. But then people came all the way back around and it's like, yes, Constantine was actually really good. If you consider the I loved that, that movie when I was a kid. Like, I thought that movie mm. was great. Yeah. I didn't see enjoyable. it when it was first released. I was told the entire movie verbatim by my cousin sitting at oh, well, my aunt's sucks. kitchen table. <laughs> yeah, and it was, that's unfortunate. It was, no, it was actually pretty great because she was so like, all right. So the way it started out, she was like, this movie didn't impress me. I'm going to save you the trouble. I'm going to tell you this whole story. But by the end of it, she was like, you know what? It was actually pretty decent. Come to think of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty so cute she, though. She convinced herself and I'm like, you know what? Now I want to see it. And by the, by the time I got around to it, it was on DVD and it was fine. It was good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good too. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it on DVD. I rented it. You got Tilda Swinton. You got Keanu Reeves. You've got Redacted. You can't go wrong. Yep. Yeah. Uh, That was a good time for Redacted. (laughs) It was. And Redacted died at the end of that. Spoilers. So we don't have to worry about it. Yeah, but there's a a post-credit scene. Now, fuck that. He's dead. I, I learned about the post-credit scene, though, from fucking TikTok all these oh, years wow. later. I never knew there was a post-credit scene. No, you know, we're going to ignore that. Just like uh, Baron Mordu from Doctor Strange just kind of walked off and said, oh, I'm going to kill you. And he just left. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what we're going to yeah. do. We're just going to ignore that. <laughs> As is All right. So, folks, that was a lot of stuff. And that was. 
I had a good time talking about it. I really enjoyed going through these uh these these weird stories. Thank you all for listening. If you'd like to support our endeavors, like we discussed earlier, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Lex and Matt. You get access to our Discord server. You get our backlog of mini episodes, all kind of fun shit over there. And if you really want to kick in some dough, you might even get yourself something cool in the mail. What? Awesome. Yes. You know, if you give us enough money, we'll corrupt the bishop for you. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Who the knows? plot to flee back. Lot, lots of possibilities. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh also follow us, Lexamat.com. Um, nope. Nope. See, there I go again. I really want that to be a thing. Follow us at Lex and Matt across the board on the socials and you know. That's that's where all the wacky shenanigans take place. And you can, of course, suggest episode ideas and stories you want to hear us talk about all that business. We always all that appreciate said, that. Hope you all have a wonderful, safe and productive week. We're very proud of you. If you needed to hear that. Thank you for listening. Yeah. I'm Matt Peters. And I'm Lex Lutz. Be excellent to each other. Yeah. That's my NPR.